Welcome to About Mansfield, your audio newspaper. I'm Steve Casillo with the August 16th, 2023, 186th edition, always broadcasting from the Sellmark Studios, along with Colleen Daniel and the About Mansfield news team. Coming up today, it's Mansfield news, sports, and conversation. And a little later in the episode, you will have a chance to win a $25 gift card to a Mansfield restaurant of your choice with our Mansfield trivia question, courtesy of Joe Jenkins Farmers Insurance. Let's take a look at the stories we're covering this week. We're talking trash today in a moment with the councilman. Mansfield couple recounts their Maui wildfire vacation. It's back to school time in Mansfield. Timberview and Legacy square off in their annual preseason scrimmage. And in the talk segment, Steve concludes his current state of education interview with social services professor Dr. Jandel Crutchfield. We are Mansfield's only source for news, talk, and information. This is About Mansfield. Are you ready to create unforgettable memories? Picture this, an enchanting event venue nestled amidst breathtaking landscapes with panoramic views right here in Mansfield. The Grandview Event Center is the perfect setting to bring your vision to life. From intimate gatherings to large-scale extravaganzas, The Grand View has flexible spaces to accommodate any occasion, be it a graduation or school function, art exhibition, or birthday or anniversary party. Book your next unforgettable experience at thegrandviewmansfield.com. That's thegrandviewmansfield.com. The Grand View Event Center, where memories are made and dreams become reality. Book your event today. Hey, it's Steve Casillo, and we all remember the storm that blew through our town back in June that pelted this community with baseball-sized hail. It did a ton of damage around Mansfield, including my own roof. Regular listeners to About Mansfield have heard Paul Duncan's commercials for Trinity Roofing and Construction. And after the storm, I reached out to him, and boy, am I glad that I did. From the first call to Paul to working with the crew leader, the scheduling department, and the entire construction team, and how it all played out with my insurance company, working with Trinity Roofing and Construction was a breeze. It's easy to see why they're a platinum preferred contractor with Owens Corning with an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. So if you're thinking on replacing your roof, look no further than Trinity Roofing and Construction. They're a Mansfield-based company, and you can find them on the web at trinityroofingconstruction.com. Again, that's trinityroofingconstruction.com. No matter your familiarity with buying or selling real estate, having an experienced, trusted advisor on speed dial is priceless. The Roger and Beth team of Century 21 Judge Fight is here to be that resource for you. Whether you're buying right here in Mansfield or your dreams are taking you elsewhere, we are ready to help you with turning that vision into a reality. To learn more, visit our website at homesinmansfield.com. That's homesinmansfield.com. Hi, I'm Landon Day with Daydream Photography, and you're listening to About Mansfield. This portion of the news is brought to you by the Grandview Event Center. Welcome back to About Mansfield. The Mansfield City Council held a regularly scheduled meeting on Monday. The following opinions are those of Casey Lewis and not necessarily those of the Mansfield City Council. We usually say good morning to Mayor Michael Evans. He is on vacation. We welcome... It's been a long time. Casey Lewis, Councilman, welcome back to About Mansfield. It has, and you're stuck with me this week. (laughs) Instead of a moment with the mayor, it's a moment with the councilman. There you go. And uh, the the city council, so we, uh, you met uh, Monday night, not, well, 
No, your work session started at 11 in the morning? Yeah, we had some uh, subcommittee meetings that kicked off around 11, and then the uh, the work session kicked off at 1 p.m. Let's talk about the work session. What's uh, What happened during the work session? Uh, so we had our regional partners from uh, the North Texas Council of Governments and the Regional Transportation Council come and talk about uh, what the regional transportation plans are uh, for all of North Texas by 2045. Uh, so there's lots of commuter rails uh, that are planned. Um, several are actually under construction now. Some have just completed construction. Large-scale transit bus systems that connect Fort Worth to Dallas or sure. up into McKinney and Frisco. And so they were talking about different ways that Mansfield could fit into that. Obviously, 2045 is still 22 years away, but it's not that far. And so there's steps that happen between today and 2045. We discussed a few different types of options of how that could work in Mansfield. One of them being uh, microtransit with the VIA system that, that Arlington and Grand Prairie and Fort Worth and uh, now Cedar Hill and a lot of other North Texas cities are are going to to start that process. So we got an update from them on uh, on those things. And then we, we talked about Frontier Waste Solutions. Came in. Trash. Yeah, we talked trash. They came in and gave us an update just on where they are in the process of transitioning from our Republic contract. Republic served Mansfield for 20 plus years. Mm -hmm. uh, that will change on October 1. So there are going to be changes. Those are all being communicated through the website and through the online water billing portals and those things. And um, as I told our, our mayor when he announced it uh, a few weeks ago that – from September, uh, well, really, from about mid-September to the end of the year, we are begging Mansfield residents for their patience. That would be great. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. The transition should go really seamlessly. There's yeah. going to obviously be some some adjustments. Some of those adjustments are um, starting in September. There's going to be you have a you have a 95 gallon green recycle bin that is a Republic owned recycle bin, and it's going back and to them. And it's going to go back to them. Um, and you're going to get a blue Frontier recycle bin. Oh, I like um, blue. And so that's going to happen sometime through September so that it's ready in October. The communications about how that transition will take place are going to be sent to every Mansfield resident here in the coming weeks mm -hmm. as to what they should do. It's probably pretty simple. It's going to be like, put your recycle bin out until it's gone, and then there will be a new one, and then you can put it away. Uh, there are roughly 3,500 Mansfield residents that are going to have to have trash days changed. Um, if you're on Tuesday, Thursday right now, there's an imbalance in the routes. And so they will need to move. Uh, it makes sense when we're changing providers to also change those days. So yeah. there's about 3,500 Mansfield residents that are on Tuesday, Thursdays that are going to be moved to Monday, Thursdays. If you're one of those affected residents, you're going to find out about that very soon. And then some of your recycle days throughout the week may change just to kind of balance out those routes. But even a few years back with Republic, we switched. We used to be Tuesday, Friday. We're now Monday, Thursday. Yep. It's it's no big deal. It's no big deal. It It's just a day that you throw stuff out to the curb. And so right. um, there's going to be a lot of grace on uh, Frontier's end too. Like if you forgot, you can call a number and they're going to come take care of it. Oh, nice. Um, so it's it's a lot of transition. We ask for patience, but that was that was the update from Frontier. Our municipal judge, uh, Cass Calloway, came in and just gave a quick update on what they've been working on in the municipal court and what their goals are mm -hmm. uh, for the next uh, calendar year in that department. 
Um, and then we received an update uh, on the upcoming budget for uh, fiscal year 2024. Those uh, the final budgets will be adopted in September with along with the tax rates um, and the budget year kicks off on October 1. So we've been working on the budget for five months now and we kind of got the, the final uh Hey, here's the balanced budget for the year. The annual budget has a lot of zeros in it, doesn't it? It does. It's a it's a large number. Wow. I can't imagine managing that many zeros. Kudos to the staff. Of it has the- nothing to do with me. <laughs> it's uh, it's all the staff that doing a great job. So you guys, um, then, the, then you took a break and went to general session? Yeah, that was the day. Then we went to general session around 7, 7.30. All right. And that was a pretty short meeting. You were texting me by 9 o'clock, so you were in and out. It was quick. We had uh, we had 10 consent agenda items that we discussed, and then ultimately only two quick voting items uh, for ordinance updates. Anything sexy on the uh, consent agenda? Uh, several infrastructure things. We're getting ready here in a couple of years to rebuild the bridge, the North Street Bridge, just out of downtown yeah. uh, by the old train trestle. That obviously has to go to design and all of that. So we approved the design of that new bridge. Lots of infrastructure at the Lone Star 360 project. And then um, a couple couple fun ones for historic downtown this year. Uh, hometown holidays will be back in historic downtown. Nice. And uh, we have added a full like sidewalk lights extravaganza that people from all over the area can come and walk and see the lights and and hang out in downtown for a little while. And then uh, we approved the design of um, a new fire station, but it'll be for the relocation of fire station one. Was there anything else on the agenda or or that was pretty much it? That was pretty much it. Two simple uh, public hearing updates that were just uh, changing definitions for like what cell phone repair stores look like or uh, mm. or the open space that's going to be required of uh, developments like uh, in the uh, office parks or commercial developments. Casey Lewis, it's been a long time. Thanks for coming on in. And uh, don't be a stranger. Thanks for being on About Mansfield. Thanks, Steve. The island of Maui has been a longtime destination for honeymooners and those seeking a romantic getaway for their wedding anniversary. One Mansfield couple did just that last week and found themselves just miles away from the country's worst wildfire in over a century. Steve caught up with Doug and Donna Fretz on the phone from their home in Mansfield. They took a trip to Maui for Doug's birthday. And uh, first of all, Doug and Donna, welcome to About Mansfield. Thanks. Thank it's you. great to be here. Uh, you went there for the birthday. How long were you on the island before the fire broke out? We got there Saturday afternoon and the fire broke out Tuesday. So we had a couple of days of normalcy before uh, before all the stuff happened. Normalcy though, but uh, prior to the fire uh, were the winds, which really caused havoc. That's true. The winds picked up, I guess it was Monday, wasn't it? Mon- late Monday late afternoon, Monday. the winds hit. Like by Monday night, they were really strong. Like I think 45 miles to Yeah, like 45 miles to 80, 80 and it set up to 80 miles an hour gust. Wow. You were staying in the Lahaina area and, and according to your, your Facebook post, you were just about a mile and a half away from, from the fires. Um, how did you first hear about the fire? Probably when we went downstairs to the front desk, we actually had a reservation at Fleetwoods that night. And so we checked in at the front desk just to ask maybe if they had electricity. Um, And that's when they told us mm, going there was probably not an option because a fire had just broke out. Yeah, we had no electricity since Tuesday morning. Yeah. The electricity went out Tuesday morning at 5. Did you ever have to evacuate your hotel? 
No, they highly recommended. They were really pushing for us to leave probably starting Wednesday afternoon um, because they needed our rooms for the evacuees that Uh were um, needing a place to stay. So we were seeing a lot of that coming into our hotel. Like when I went downstairs on Wednesday morning, there were people sleeping in the lobby area with, you know, blankets and pillows and maybe a backpack if they had a backpack. It was really upsetting. So by Wednesday morning, Lahaina had already been devastated, and people wanted to use that hotel for uh, for the evacuees. Um, did you did you take that advice then, and did you leave? And if so, where did you go? Well, we couldn't leave because the main road out, other than like a one lane like road to Hana situation, um, was shut down. So the main road in and out of that area was closed due to the power lines that were down. Yeah, so there was a lot of communication uh, gaps, I guess you could say. Nobody could really look anything up. We had no internet. We had no, of course, no TV, no electricity. So we had really no information, and neither did the front desk. So they were encouraging people to leave, but the roads were closed. So we actually, there was a couple that, that we met that... Actually, her family had left. They said, why don't you leave with us? We're going to leave our lady. And said, no, 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 we're fine. We'll stay here. Well, she had checked out, and then she tried to leave, and the road was closed. She had to come back. And so she was stuck at the hotel with no place to stay. Yeah, there was no reason. Once we checked out of the hotel, you couldn't check back in. The hotel had no um, computer system because of the electricity that was lost at 5 a.m. Tuesday morning. And your hotel was... About a mile and a half away from down from the devastation, did you at any point feel now because you mentioned you have no radio, you have no TV, you have no internet? Uh, did, was there any point on Tuesday where you felt like you were in danger? Not Tuesday, not at all. Actually, we just all we knew was that the electricity was out, and we knew that there was fire because we got out at four o'clock and we went out. Um, well, we just went out four o'clock just to see that's when we saw that the road was closed mm. and then we saw the smoke we saw some smoke and we thought there must be a, a house fire. So then we came back, back to the hotel and we just kind of hung out in the lobby because the lobby did have electricity that had a large generator that the downstairs had power and everyone was downstairs charging the phone, even though the phones were pretty much useless. But we didn't feel in danger until I went out that night. You could see the red glow. That's when we started getting really, like, anxious because we realized it was probably closer than we thought. Once it got dark, you could you could really see how close it was. We made sure our bags were packed. We made sure that we were ready to go if we needed to be evacuated. But I still, I mean, it was, we were sad because we realized then it was a serious, yeah. serious condition. But I still don't think we felt like we were in danger. At, at what point did you did you say, hey, you know what, I think it's time to leave. Let's give our room to the evacuees. It's Thursday when- morning. And we um, checked out of the hotel, waited in a really long line to get through the roadblock that was set up because they were literally at telling each person, if you leave, you will not be able to come back. So I don't think people realize also when there was no electricity from Tuesday at 5 a.m., there was no access to gas, um, no access really to 
you know, food unless you were at a hotel where you could charge it to your room or you had cash. So our big concern was we had less than a half a tank of gas. And the lines were really long. And every time they would turn you away, you were wasting more gas. <laughs> oh, of course. That was probably the most stressful part of our trip is, you know, we will always have a full tank of gas. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> when you left the hotel, were you headed to the airport? We were headed to an Airbnb that we, um, at 4 a.m., for some reason, we would be able to get up and make a phone call to our kids. So we would give our kids assignments. Um, like one of them, we were like, look for us a place to stay. There were no hotels available. Um, and if some, you find one, give us a map. Right. <laughs> Maps not um, working. Yeah, we didn't now. have Google Maps. We didn't know how to go anywhere. So, But we could get photos. So they would take a photo of the directions hmm. and send it to us. So we, we got really creative <laughs> <laughs> in how we were going to get out and where we were going to go. And we were lucky because we had that option. We had someone we could call and we had the resources. Yeah. But what was upsetting for the people that were texting us, they would text us and we could receive texts occasionally. Yeah. We'd just walk by a spot and all of a sudden our phone would just beep, 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 all these texts coming. <laughs> but we couldn't send any texts out. Yeah. So. So we got a lot of, are you safe? Are you okay? And then, you know, they would wait an hour and they would send it again. And we'd be like, we could see that people were worrying, but we could not respond. So by Thursday afternoon, you're now in an Airbnb. Uh, how long did you stay? What day did you come home? We came home on Saturday. Um, that was our original flight. Saturday, yeah. So we thought we'd just wait and not not mess with anything. The airport was crazy. And we would just add to the confusion. So we thought, we'd just wait. We've got a flight Saturday, so we'll just do it then. Saturday was a really good choice to go to the airport because people had actually been, there were buses, like long lines to get on these charter buses to get out of the area for people who did not have rental cars. So they were all being dropped at either the airport or if they were locals, a shelter. So people were camping out in the airport and we wanted to wait a day or so to give that a chance to kind of calm down before we went to get on our flight. Have you ever taken a more memorable vacation? Uh, I think, um, no. No. We'll remember, this for a lot. <laughs> we'll remember it. I mean, but honestly, we made some really good friendships because P- I will say that people were really stressed, but they were always nice. What advice do you have for those who are about to, to, uh, to take a vacation? Um, share your itinerary. We, Our daughter just told us we should start doing Google Docs when we travel. So we had everything in a Google Doc before we left. I shared it with my daughter and my daughter-in-law. So they knew our whole plan, where we were going, what hotel we were going to be at. So that helped them to help us when we needed it. Cash. I know people do not carry cash, but if there's no electricity, and the cash registers and the ATMs and the credit card um, devices are not working, the only way you can pay for stuff is cash. And that happened where we were at. Yeah, there were many people around us that you could tell that they were financially fine, but they didn't carry cash. But most people don't nowadays. So they couldn't buy any food. So we actually helped them out because we were lucky enough that Donna always says on vacation, we need to carry cash with us. A flashlight. I carry. I had a very small pen light, like flashlight in my purse, but it worked. I mean, it was fine. Next time, I would carry a maybe a little larger flashlight. Yeah. 
because you don't want to use the power on your phone if you don't have much power right. on your phone. <laughs> right. As you know, Mansfield is a very giving community. How can we help out here at home? There are a couple of places that people can donate. Um, you don't have to be um, in Maui to do it. There was gbmaui.com. That's a church that was totally destroyed, and they're, they're boots on the ground. They're giving you know people grocery money and gift cards for food right now. gbmaui.com? Yes. I think that was one. And we had one other one. It was um, Maui Strong. That was the um, one that I was about that, to say that I heard that one as well. MauiStrong.com. Right. If everybody just did a little bit, it will make a huge difference because those people, just the looks on their faces when they walk in, walked into our hotel carrying absolutely nothing with them. Mm. That was hard to see. Doug and Donna Fretz, appreciate your time. Uh, we're glad you're safe. We're glad you're back in Mansfield. And, and thanks for being on About Mansfield. Thank you. Good to be back. It's back to school time. And with that, while kids are crossing the streets, riding their bikes or skateboards, or moms, dads, or buses are transporting our kids, you can definitely expect more traffic on the roadways and sidewalks, both before and after school. Mansfield ISD and Mansfield Police remind motorists to be mindful of school zones, as well as school buses that have their flashing red lights on, and to pay particular attention to the speed limit in a school zone. A 15-year-old boy was struck and killed while riding his bike on his way to the first day of school in Frisco last week. In the classroom, Mansfield ISD is implementing new guidelines for the new school year. They'll be limiting student use of cell phones and other personal electronic communication devices in schools. The new guidelines are designed to limit distractions and learning disruptions. In sports, if you want a sample of this year's upcoming Friday Night Lights, Legacy and Timberview varsity football teams will hold their annual scrimmage Thursday night at R.L. Anderson Stadium starting at 7 p.m. The regular season for all five Mansfield ISD teams begins next week. Timberview closed out their season last year, ranked 46th in the state, the highest ranking in the Mansfield district, and will open their season next week against South Grand Prairie at Newsom Stadium. We have a program note that you may want to take note of. There will not be an episode next week as I will be on the road in Colorado furthering my education in the podcast industry. Again, no episode next week, which will give you the perfect opportunity to dig into the archives and listen to an interview that you may have missed. Meanwhile, if you have a comment about the show, you know the news or whatever's on your mind locally, the good, the bad, the ugly, what is on your mind? You can reach us by voicemail at 817-435-2938. Again, that's 817-435-2938. This Sunday, August 20th, is National Radio Day, which pays tribute to the golden days of radio. You know those days, the days when stories were told and people listened, such as when Orson Welles did War of the Worlds or the weekly CBS Mystery Theater, the days of wild DJs who we came to know as our friends, such as Wolfman Jack, Shotgun Tom Kelly, or Cousin Brucie, the days of FM freeform DJs who introduced us to all kinds of new music and experiences, such as Gino Michelini, Jim McGinnis, and Bob Coburn. Americans don't listen to the radio much anymore, thanks to Spotify, Pandora, Amazon Music, and other music and podcast streaming services, but radio will never go away. 
So this coming Sunday, for old time's sake, turn on the radio and reminisce about the good old days of when radio was creative, innovative, and played really good music. Coming up after the break, we turn the page to the features section. Want to win a designer purse without breaking your budget? I'm Angel Biasati, and we're hosting our annual Boots Bag and Bling. It benefits the Breast Center at Methodist Mansfield and honors breast cancer survivors. We'll talk about it next in Methodist Mansfield News to Know. It's hot out there, y'all. It's time for some home maintenance tips, specifically for summer, from your favorite realtor. I'm Beth Steinke, and I'm going to share some do's and don'ts for home maintenance on the Mansfield Real Estate Report. In this week's Cocktail of the Week, I'll be talking about a cocktail snack that will make you a hit at your next neighborhood gathering. We are Mansfield's only source for news, talk, and information. I'm Colleen Daniel, and this is About Mansfield. This portion of the news was brought to you by the Grandview Event Center. I'm Philip Washington, Chief Investment Officer of Stonehill Wealth Management and host of the Wealth Building Made Simple podcast. First book I read in college was Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and it changed my life. And since then, I've read tons and tons of books on money. And what I've done is taken those lessons, simplified them, and I talk about those lessons on my podcast, Wealth Building Made Simple. So come hang out with us. We're on every major platform, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and on YouTube. Wealth Building Made Simple. The housing market is evolving as interest rates rise to meet inflation. Speculation abounds as to what the future may hold. Do you have a trusted advisor? The Roger and Beth team at Century 21 Judge Fight should be your first call in all matters concerning real estate and the market. We specialize in residential real estate for both buyers and sellers. With industry partners across North America, our resources and expertise can turn the home you've been envisioning into a reality. Visit our website at homesinmansfield.com to learn more. That's homesinmansfield.com. Congratulations to Karen Barnum, who was the first person to correctly answer last week's Mansfield trivia question. Who was an MISD teacher and principal for 49 years and has a school named in her honor? Karen knew that it was Thelma Jones. The school named in her honor is located at 7650 South Watson Road. When we come back, this week's trivia question... This is about Mansfield. At Methodist Mansfield Medical Center, we've been caring for our home team for over 15 years. Today, you'll find award-winning physicians on the medical staff, advanced neurosurgery, a level three trauma center, critical care for newborns, and comprehensive orthopedic care. Methodist Mansfield, delivering the care our friends, neighbors, and home team depend on. That's community and why so many people trust Methodist. Hey, it's Steve Casillo. I want to take a second to tell you about Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio 3.0. It's where we record and produce the About Mansfield podcast episodes. What started out as an audio-only studio, Podcast Mansfield is now a full-service audio and video recording studio, complete with custom green screen backgrounds, two high-definition cameras, editing, mixing, and mastering capabilities, and we can also help market your podcast. Podcast Mansfield is home to such great locally produced shows, such as Wealth Building Made Simple, we are TPM and Wealth Think Tank Television, just to name a few. So whether you're a hands-on person or just need a place to record your podcast or need advice from concept to completion, Podcast Mansfield is here to help. Conveniently located on Heritage Parkway, just off of 287 right here in Mansfield, mention the About Mansfield podcast 
and you get to record your first episode at no charge. For more information on starting your podcast, or if you're looking for a better place to record, Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio can be found on the internet at podcastmansfield.com. Hi, this is Joe Jenkins with Joe Jenkins Farmers Insurance, specializing in auto, home, commercial, and life insurance. I was born and raised here in Mansfield, Texas. We're active in the community, and Mansfield's a town we really care about. Our office has over 30 years' experience in the insurance industry, and we're passionate about what we do and about customer service. For a free quote, please visit our website at joejenkinsinsurance.com or give us a call at 817-472-6058. Once again, that website is joejenkinsinsurance.com. It is time right now, this very second. Don't go away because it's time for the highly coveted, wildly popular about Mansfield trivia question. If you are the first person to email the correct answer to trivia at aboutmansfield.com, that again is trivia at aboutmansfield.com, you will receive a $25 gift card to a Mansfield restaurant of your choice. It's brought to you by Joe Jenkins Insurance. Whether you're looking for homeowners, auto, commercial, or any other type of insurance, Joe has helped Mansfield area residents understand the insurance coverage that best fit their needs since 2010. You can find him on the internet at Joe Jenkins Insurance. Hey, Colleen, let's get to this week's question. Well, Steve, today's trivia question, if you will, is a very simple exercise. Be the first to wish our host, Steve Casillo, a happy birthday. That's it. This week's question again is, be the first to wish Steve a happy birthday. The email address is trivia at aboutmansfield.com. Good luck, and thanks to Joe Jenkins Insurance for the gift card. Hi, I'm Casey Lewis, and you're listening to About Mansfield. Welcome back to About Mansfield, your audio newspaper. Let's open up the feature section. Angel Biasati has some exciting news about a fundraising event you won't want to miss in today's Methodist Mansfield News to Know. Angel? If you want to win a designer handbag while raising money for breast cancer prevention, then join us for an evening of fun featuring Louis Vuitton, Kate Spade, and Michael Kors handbags, and more while eating delicious hors d'oeuvres and listening to Sophie Luttrell, who has been performing publicly since she was five years old. You may have seen her or heard her on Fridays at the Fort Worth Stockyards. So put on your pink and help our community create breast cancer awareness and prevention on September 8th from 6 to 8 p.m. at the Grand View Room inside Cellmark. You don't want to miss it. Seats are limited, so register today at methodisthealthsystem.org backslash Methodist Mansfield Boots and Bling. It's a great way to afford a designer handbag without hearing about it from your partner later. And the best designer bags are worth investing in. That's Methodist Mansfield News to Know. I'm Angel Biasati reporting for the About Mansfield podcast. Realtor Beth Steinke shares some summertime home maintenance tips in the Mansfield real estate market update. Beth? One part of being a realtor is that we are invited into people's homes in all sorts of conditions. It is a big honor to be allowed into people's inner sanctum, and we don't take that honor lightly. What we've come to understand is that there are meticulous homeowners that stay on top of every little item needed in their home, 
and there are some that never do any type of maintenance, routine or otherwise, and everywhere in between. So we've put together a list of things that we think are pretty important and probably should be taken care of as you're dealing with your home maintenance this summer. Since it's a thousand degrees outside, let's start with the big boy, the air conditioner. I've seen so many posts from friends that have had to live in unbearable temperatures this last few weeks because their units finally gave up the ghost. The carrier website says the average unit lasts between 15 and 20 years, but most homes aren't built with a high-end unit. Most have lower-end or mid-range brands. So a quick search for the average life expectancy for a common brand that I see around houses in our area indicates 10 to 15 years. While the constant use ours gets during the summer would certainly take some years off the life, here are the things I see more commonly that can cause issues in your home AC unit. Make sure to check these items out sooner rather than later. Is your AC condenser level? also known as the compressor. This is the unit on the outside of your house. If your compressor unit sits on an unlevel surface, it will experience too much vibration as it spins. This may increase the wear and tear of the internal components and shorten the service lifespan of that unit. Other effects of increased vibrations include damage to the refrigerant lines and producing loud noises. Next up, not changing your filters regularly. This is way more common than you might think. I'll never forget the house that my son and his wife bought right here in Mansfield. The first thing we did was change out the AC filter and it was caked and covered with dirt and dust. And I have no idea how long it had been like that, forcing the AC to work so hard to pull in air. That is definitely taking years off your unit. Do you skip the semi-annual AC and heater checks? Yeah, you're not alone. This is perfect for your spring and fall maintenance checklist. Don't wait until midsummer to schedule your AC tune-up. The servicing companies won't have time to get to you as they are busy helping people getting their non-working systems back up and running. Let's talk condensation drain lines. Typically, there is a main drain line that will drain normally through an existing sink or washer drain line from your AC unit. But then there is a secondary line that's there just in case the first one gets clogged. It will typically drip over an outside window to alert you that there is a problem. This is where knowledge is power. I have seen, on multiple occasions, homeowners add a PVC pipe to redirect those drips to a flower bed or away from the window because it is a nuisance. It is a nuisance because it's literally designed to get your attention and to alert you that there's a clog in the main drain line. I did a little research to see what the best way is to prevent a clog in your main drain line, and here's what I came up with. Dropping a quarter cup of distilled white vinegar down your main condensation drain line at least once a year. I'd say twice here in Texas will keep it clear. I saw some reports to use bleach, but bleach may eat away at some of the components, glues, and joint compounds, creating more issues for your system. Now on to the rest of your home. Take an opportunity later in the evening or early in the morning to avoid heat stroke and walk the perimeter of your home. Are you seeing exposed foundation? It's common with this heat to see dirt starting to separate from the foundation. You combat this by watering your yard even when your first instinct 
maybe to add more dirt at the foundation. Water the entire yard, not just the foundation. The contraction is normal, and as soon as it starts to rain again, the dirt will expand right back into place. But while you're walking around, look for erosion around your foundation. I was walking around one of my rental properties this month, and even though we put dirt and sod down previously and have gutters to prevent that erosion, the lay of the lot creates an ongoing issue. So as soon as it cools down, we'll be adding more dirt and covering it with sod to protect the foundation. Time is critical here because you don't want to do it where the sod's going to die and you don't want to wait till it's too cold either. If you have stonework, check the mortar in between your stone and especially where the stone meets the brick. If you see cracks, that leaves you vulnerable to water penetration. And as we know what water inside walls might cause, bad news there. So get that attended to by a great mason sooner rather than later. We've had to repoint our mortar twice in the nine years we've lived at our house, and we do have a great mason who is very reasonably priced. They took what felt like a very scary and expensive project and simplified it and fixed us up in no time. Priceless. Last but not least, how's your paint holding up? If you are seeing peeling or fading paint on the exterior of your home, it is so important to get that repaired repainted so you don't create opportunity for wood rot and wood destroying insects to take hold. All of these small maintenance care items will help prevent much more costly and serious repairs later and will keep your home value from taking a hit when it's time to sell. Now let's get to this week's Mansfield real estate market update. As of August 14th, there are 131 active and available homes for sale in Mansfield, excluding new construction. Homes this week range from a $190,000 property, only cash or hard money for this one. It's an investor special with the list topping out at $1.8 million for land value only. That means that the structures on the property aren't really valuable. It's really the land they're selling that for. Last week, 14 homes sold in Mansfield at an average sales price of $481,000. Those homes were on the market for an average of 45 days. Opportunities still exist for buyers and sellers in Mansfield. If you have a question, you know others do too. Be brave and send it on in to info at aboutmansfield.com. For the About Mansfield podcast, I'm Beth Steinke with Century 21 Judge Fight. Shaken or stirred, either way, you know it's always good. But this week, Brian Certain serves up a bowl of snacks in the cocktail of the week. Brian? This week's cocktail of the week is actually not a cocktail, but a snack. But it's the tahine tequila-infused watermelon bites. Several weeks ago, I started a new series on cocktails that I found on TikTok. And this week's cocktail snack came from Tim the Tank Official on TikTok. So as we prepare, ladies and gentlemen, grab a seat at the bar and prepare your taste buds for an exhilarating ride through the world of flavors. Today, I, Brian Certain, your senior pastor from Bourbon Gospel and cocktail connoisseur and master mixologist, I'm here today to introduce you to a culinary delight that will leave you craving more. Tahine tequila watermelon bites. Picture this, a hot summer day, the sun kissing your skin and the vibrant colors of a tropical paradise. Now, add a touch of my signature charm and mix it with the zesty allure of tahine, the smoothest of tequila and the refreshing sweetness of watermelon. Ah, yes, we're about to embark on a flavor journey that will transport your taste buds to new heights of ecstasy. But let's start 
first with the star of our show, the watermelon. Imagine sinking your teeth into the succulent, juicy cubes of this ruby red fruit. Each bite burst with the refreshing sweetness that awakens your senses and cools you down like a tropical breeze. Watermelon is nature's gift to summer, and we're about to take it to a whole new level. Now brace yourself for the magic touch of tahini seasoning. This enhancing blend of chili peppers, lime, and salt adds a delightful twist to our watermelon bites. With just one sprinkle or two or four, the tahini will transfer the ordinary into the extraordinary. Its tangy, spicy kick tantalizes your taste buds, awaking them to a whole new world of sensations. It's the perfect dance between heat and sweet, creating a symphony of flavors on your palate. But wait, there's more. We can't forget the spirit from the gods. The spirit only second to bourbon that we elevate this experience to a level of pure bliss. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, I'm talking about tequila. And not just any tequila, my friends. We're talking the finest, the smoothest tequila that makes you feel like you are on top of the world. As you savor the tahine-covered watermelon that have been soaked in your favorite tequila, let the magic unfold. The tequila's rich, earthy notes blend with the tangy sweetness of the fruit, creating that, that perfect melody that dances on your tongue. Imagine the sensation, the coolness of the watermelon, the spiciness of the tahine, the warmth of tequila, all coming together in a single bite. Yes, you too will be the favorite guy in your neighborhood because you just created a symphony of flavors that awaken your every sense and leave you craving even more. Each bite is an explosion of taste, a moment of pure indulgence that brings you closer to cocktail nirvana. And here's the best part. We're not just talking about flavor. They're about the experience. Picture yourself lounging by a pool, surrounded by your friends, laughing at your every bad dad joke and the mesmerizing beauty of summer. With each bite, you are transported to a tropical paradise where worries melt away and joy overtakes. So my friends, you too get a bite of watermelon that have been soaked in tequila and covered in tahini. This tantalizing creation that embodies the spirit of summer, the art of mixology, and the unyielding pursuit of flavor. It's an experience like no other, designed to leave you spellbound and craving just one more bite. Cheers to the good life. Cheers to the unforgettable moments and the magic that happens when taste and imagination collide. Bottoms up. But as always, don't worry about taking notes. I'll be giving out all the ingredients and instructions and posting them on bourbongospel.com. So the ingredients, you need a fresh watermelon, the riper the better, cut into bite-sized pieces. You need a large bell jar. You need a good tequila and you need some tahini. You're going to place the watermelon in the bell jar and fill the jar up with tequila and let sit for at least 24 hours in your fridge. 24 to 48 hours is the sweet spot because after 48, the watermelon gets a little mushy. But again, 24 hours 
get that real, get that tequila soaked in that watermelon. And then before you serve it, take the watermelon out of the jar and sprinkle with tahini to create this wonderful flavor combination. And here's the bonus. With what's left in the jar, you now have watermelon-flavored tequila for another cocktail. This is a must, must try. But always, I'm open to hear your take and your input. How was your watermelon experience? Please reach out to me at brian at bourbongospel.com. And until next week, as Mark Twain said, too much of anything is bad, but too much whiskey is barely enough. Reporting for the About Mansfield podcast, I'm Brian Certain. And you're still not. Hi, I'm Kezia Valdez-Ferrar, Mansfield ISD School Board Trustee, Place 4, and you're listening to About Mansfield. Welcome back to another segment of About Mansfield. I'm Steve Casillo as we make the transition from news to talk. And last week, we started a conversation with Dr. Jandell Crutchfield about the state of education. We continue that interview right now. Enjoy. We talked a little bit about the politics in uh, in in a school board's workings, and does how does politics impact the school board's ability to address issues? Uh, so, if there is a pressing issue that is right, um, like clear to all of the staff, clear to all of the district leaders, clear to the superintendent, but a school board doesn't see it as a challenge, uh, they won't set the vision for it, which means that the staff is not free, the superintendent is not free to focus on that or to chase that. And so um, in one of the um, school board groups that I have online, I used a really good example that talked about the school board's role in governance. And so it's a riddle for you, Steve, to see if you can figure it out. Okay. So how many school board members does it take to change a light bulb? Ooh. How many school board members does it... Um Let's say a majority, four, four. out of seven. <laughs> okay, all right. I don't know. That, that's a good guess, right? The majority, right? Because they are a board and they have to act. And they have to work as together. One. They have to work together. Yeah. True. Except the fact that it actually takes zero. To change a light bulb. To, light, to change a light bulb because... They're calling janitorial services to They take are care, not right? changing the light bulb. So they are setting the vision and saying, let there be light. The superintendent is calling her staff to say, pick the best light bulbs and change them. The board is responsible for then coming back to say, yes, this light is shining very brightly. Mm -hmm. And so that's very difficult um, for the community to understand, sometimes for the board to understand is we're not, their board is not in the business of changing light bulbs, right? Or actually managing day-to-day stuff or putting their hands on actual guidelines and processes that occur. They're setting that vision. And so the staff have expertise. And so whatever the topic is, whatever the curriculum decision is, that should be left up to the superintendent and staff. And the way the board influences that is by setting that vision, hiring that superintendent to then go and, air quotes, change those light bulbs. Okay. And we're back to analogies again. (laughs) Sorry. That's all right. With shoes and and now light bulbs. (laughs) I'm not not professing to be an expert in education. In fact, I really hated going to school, but or the way the education system works, and mm-hmm. that's really why I love having people mm-hmm. in to talk about how yeah. this how this works. Mm-hmm. I do know a little bit about the um, the way the city works, mm-hmm. and you're right. Mm-hmm. The, the the staff and the city manager mm-hmm. um, 
go to the city council and present them with a uh, with an issue. They yeah. they vote on it, and then exactly. it goes back to the city manager and the staff mm-hmm. to, to implement to implement it Absolutely. exactly. Yeah. So that's what you're saying. This this mm-hmm. it it works the same. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. It's it's a dance, right? Good school board governance um, is really it really hinges on uh, the board as a whole knowing its role and knowing when to empower the superintendent to do their job without micromanaging them in the work that they're trying to do or get accomplished. So is it a board's um, place to to create policy and bring it to the board and say, hey, guess what? We just dreamt this up and 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 now go go implement it. So the board does create policy, remember, based right. on on the vision that it sets, but it should be, you know, in conjunction in I think in deference to staff who have direct access to data, right? And so this is what we're seeing in terms of the trends. This is what's going to get us across the finish line to get us a win at the Texas Education Agency. So these are the things we see. Um, but ultimately, that's what a trustee is. They hold the public trust for education. And so they get to make that final decision about policy, but they are not the ones walking and knocking on doors doing uh, class class visits to make sure the teachers is teaching the curriculum the way they should be. Although it never hurts to have a school board member show up to a school and, mm-hmm. and have a little face time. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, being involved and knowing about what's happening in schools can only make you a better decision maker for schools. Right. You know what I noticed, though, is um, uh, let's get into parent involvement. Mm-hmm. How do we maintain mm-hmm. the parent involvement mm-hmm. throughout the entire K-12 career? Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, developmentally, it will look different, right? I think, you know, maybe your kids were just always like, yes, dad, I want to see you everywhere. Um, but developmentally, mm. some some high school students no, are, are kind of like, uh, do, do we really want you to come, et cetera, et cetera. But I think it's, it's the open lines of communications and parents can tell you what they want more of, right? And so if you're offering at least um, information about what you're doing in class, opportunities for you to come. Uh, parents will let you know if they want to. And so I yeah. think I think it's a balance. I think parents still want to be involved, but they're also helping their students to transition uh, to where they have to handle things themselves. But I do think it goes back to student experience um, where schools should be you know, open and welcoming to parents. Um, Not all Mm -hmm. parents had great school experiences themselves. And so they're not necessarily going to be beating down the door to put themselves back in schools if their experiences weren't great. And so part of, I think, setting the vision for the district uh, is to try to make sure that that experience for parents uh, is one that's positive, that's welcoming, no matter the background. I think when we're in our kind of silos, our political corners, instead of meeting parents where they are, we judge parents where they are. And so, again, in a district as diverse as MISD, that's a recipe for you know, for not being able to meet our goals if yeah. we are doing that instead of appreciating the diversity we do have. Mm-hmm. So again, encouraging greater involvement and, mm-hmm. and engagement with, with, especially at the high school level. Yeah. Level. I mean, sure, you've got, you've got band boosters. I was a band booster both yeah. when mm-hmm. when my son was in the band and my daughter mm-hmm. was in color guard, and mm-hmm. I, then you've or you've got the football boosters. Mm-hmm. Or, but yeah, parent involvement during the day. Mm-hmm. 
during the day or or during the evening. And so, you know, this year I'm the closed closet chairperson. And one of the things we try to do uh, for the district is to open for evening hours because we know we have working parents. And so before we conclude that parents don't want to be engaged or, you know, they haven't shown up here, making sure that there are those opportunities either during the day in the evening um, for parents to be able to show up. I think by and large, Folks are doing uh, the best they can, hoping the best for their kids and trying to see that come to fruition and in, in the experience they have at, in our schools in the district. And starting the day with a good nutri- nutritious meal. Yeah, absolutely. Which, which, uh, which I probably need to do better about breakfast, but you know, otherwise I'm a foodie. And so I like food. Food is a love language. Yeah, dun, dun, it, dun. it is. And let's... <laughs> so... Uh, I'm I'm glad you mentioned nutrition because um, are the kids getting the nutrition that they they deserve? And again, this goes back to, ooh, I can't eat the school food. Mm -hmm. Um, But you've got some kids who can't afford to bring their own lunch. Right. And so are are kids getting the education, not the education, the Mm -hmm. nutrition that they need? For breakfast and for lunch. Mm -hmm. I think so. (laughs) Right now we're in summer. And so the Mansfield ISD summer meals program is a good example of filling the gap um, over the summer. So there are no school lunches clearly over the summer, but the district is still providing those um, lunches to students. Uh, We have lots of community. We have Feed the Kids program through Common Ground. And one of the things I um, recently became aware of was, is this angel tree where parents are mm. able to contribute to students who, you know, show up, maybe um, they're um, immigrants or they're in a refugee crisis. And so they don't have as much paperwork to be able to fill out all of these forms and get uh, benefits for free and reduced lunch and all of these things. Or don't know um, how to. Or don't know how to, don't have, um, you know, the language it, that the forms are written in. Well, and uh, that, that, and I'm sorry to interrupt, but mm-hmm. sometimes that, that happens mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. A, a first gen, yep. if you will, a, mm-hmm. a first generation person going off to college but doesn't know how mm-hmm. to fill out the forms. Yep. And the parent who's never been to college mm-hmm. doesn't know how to fill out the forms. And the counselor is off busy working with mm-hmm. other students mm-hmm. who, are their their stars yeah. and uh-huh. yeah some some kids are are missing the boat mm-hmm, mm-hmm. just because they don't know how yeah absolutely and, and parents don't know how and so uh, some things are uh, i think have been suggested potentially we, the languages that we have most things translated for our local elections making sure that those are also the translations that we have and i think it's vietnamese and spanish for um, yeah. the elections making sure that we have that um without requests you know and as the district and so some schools that have um high populations of vietnamese speaking or spanish speaking students will do that but Again, uniformly, the student experience um, across the district, focusing on things like that. Um, But again, I think that is the delicate formula for a particular district and where those those pressing needs are for schools, for students who um, we know need extra support in filling out those forms or in, and I know the question is about nutrition and getting that nutrition. Clearly, you know, we have the federal program where students are able to qualify for free and reduced lunch. Um, but beyond that, 
I'm not sure um, beyond community resources um, mm-hmm. how how schools are kind of filling that gap for students. You mentioned the district and 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 the board. The, the pretty much the current board at Mansfield ISD is represented by I would say the majority of them live within the 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 boundaries of Mansfield High School. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think. I'm going to go with six of seven, but I'm not okay. sure where some of the board members live. Okay. And do you think that the district should be split up into districts, into individual districts, mm-hmm. voting districts? We need a representative that lives within the Summit District or mm-hmm. the Lake Ridge District or the Legacy District. Yeah. Um, and so that's, the thinking behind this then is... There are seven people on the board. Mm-hmm. You have five districts based on the five high schools mm-hmm. and two at large. Do you think that would work? I mean, it could work. I think the the main idea, right, is that you're still a trustee for all of the district. And right. so I think perhaps in um, the Grand Prairie City Council, uh, you have the seats, the districts, right. uh, but there are a couple of at-large positions. And so um, I think there are pros and cons to each. Some people say that uh, the district, the districting increases the representation, right? So the voices of those different schools, those different campuses from that community within which people live, um, that would be representative of a district. And some say, well, having everybody be at-large means they are not necessarily focused on one potential school. And so I see, I think, pros to both the, at the end of the day, good board governance means that you're focused on students. Focus. We're going to focus on that word. Focus. Focus. Okay. Kids focusing in school, Mm -hmm. focusing to the teacher, focusing on the education, Mm -hmm. taking their cell phones away. Mm -hmm. The the board just uh, passed a new policy Mm -hmm. at this most recent board meeting Mm -hmm. of that the kids have to put their cell phones away. And if they're caught with their cell phone, it's a $15 charge. Mm -hmm. Good thing, bad thing. Everything I think has pros and cons. Right. So yeah. So because as, as I'm seeing on social media, mm-hmm. the parents are saying, "Well, what if? What? This is always the big thing. What if? Yeah. What if there's an emergency and my child needs to get a hold of me? Right. So that's one of the cons, then potentially. Right. right? One of the pros is yes, um, you probably are more focused and you get more of the content if you're staring directly at a teacher for that time. Uh, and so I think. The point of a school board policy, right, is the trust of students. And so if this is something that is assessed later, and so remember, moving away from the gut feeling or I like it or I don't like it, and it's assessed that now our students are performing more more um, effectively on tests, on, you know, where behavior is improving, all of these metrics. Then and it's so, a good thing. Then it's a good thing, right? If there are any potential negative consequences where, you know, people have more anxiety because I, I can't text my mom at my regular time or I needed something and I wasn't able to reach out to someone, then it could be a negative. And so, again... One of the things that I try to stress about education, about educational decisions, policymaking, whether it's the board, it's the district, it are the metrics. And so I think that takes um, 
some of the sting out of things when they happen is, well, we have to see what that policy is. Um, I mean, what the effectiveness is of that policy. And so uh, my son is going to sixth grade. He doesn't have a cell phone. So personally, I'm not necessarily impacted. It's, it's not, a bad, uh, <laughs> not a bad thing. But uh, as, as my wife always says, mm-hmm. that's a good story, mm-hmm. but show me the data. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Well, you know, I don't know if, if people know that your wife and I are in a similar field at a similar or let the same, yes, the same yeah, place. And so that might be partially because of my clinical background in social work, right? And, and expecting improvements from my clients by measuring them, not I'm working with you on reducing your anxiety. And I think, you know, it looks like you're better. See you later. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, but it's saying, you know, how many of these really anxious, stressful, sweaty situations have you had this week compared to last? Yeah. Let's me know if what I've been doing is working. And so I hope for parents, for the board itself, as they're looking at, okay, great, this policy is passed now. What's the impact of it? And so evaluating um, and then revisiting if needed. Dr. Crutchfield, have we solved any problems in the last hour? Um, you know, we solved them all. We solved them all. Nice. <laughs> nice. We'll, we'll move on to the next. Uh... <laughs> the next sector. No. Right. Can... Um, go ahead. Do you want to take a second and talk about your Facebook group? Yes, absolutely. So um, as part of trying to get the word out more about school board. Um, I was part of some leadership trainings. And so I felt really empowered to know what a school board should be doing, um, how to support the board, but also how to hold it accountable. Mm -hmm. And so I thought that, well, clearly, because I'm a professor, right, knowledge is power. And so more people should be learning about this. And so I launched School Board University in January of 2023. And so it literally has um, school board members that are part of the group, former and current. It mm-hmm. has teachers in the group, um, parents, community members. And the idea and is that... And people like me. And people like you, yes. Yeah. And so trying to have it be a truly nonpartisan space, I think of my classroom when I've tried to design it is when we're learning about issues that affect us socially, you know, emotionally, financially we have to be in a space where we can actually learn, right? And so if we are kind of shouting uh, political ideologies and quips and all of this stuff, not a lot of learning happens is what my experience is in the academy. And so trying to bring this to social media where we can be so siloed. And so each week, uh, people choose the topic that's interesting to them. And I will um, offer polls about what it's like in their area, their neck of the woods and examples of good board governance. And so one of the things that we polled recently is how can school board you kind of have legs and get out into the community analogy again, right? Is there anything else that you want to cover? Again, we've solved all the problems. Yes, clearly. uh, So... Before we conclude, is Mm -hmm. there anything else that you want to bring up? For parents, a lot of times, and again, we we sometimes judge parents for the level of what we see as involvement, but parents are busy. Doesn't mean they don't care. And so for a parent who does want to be more involved and more engaged in what's happening at the school board or the school district level, paying attention to the communications that come directly from the district or start that are not just about your school, but what are about what's happening in the district. 
thankfully, um, our school board has implemented two-way conversations. Um, so, of course, attending board meetings is one of the best ways sure. to engage. But at those board meetings, when you speak, you can't get a response from a board member. And so the two-way conversation allows you to ask specific questions and get a response in the moment. And so those happen every now and then. They tend to be shorter. They're not a closed session. And so they directly begin to answer your questions. And so if you have something pressing or you want to get to know your board members better, those are great. Hopefully they'll be back again this fall. But also um, the board has implemented these board briefs, which I think are brilliant because Mm. it summarizes um, um, President Courtney Lackey Wilson summarizes the highlights of the board meeting. Yeah. And I mean, it's like a life hack. <laughs> for so the, school boards. It's the video that she does yeah, at, at yeah, the day exactly. or two after it's, the, the meetings. Uh-huh. It's it's the highlights. Um, and so, of course, groups like School Board University, your own reading, um, all of these trainings, but and, the brief versions and highlights of, of what's happening. And a, a note to the listeners. Mm-hmm. The, the mayor comes in every every other mm-hmm. week and mm-hmm. does what what, we call, what we've titled a moment yeah. with the mayor, yeah. and he recaps what they do at, at mm-hmm. the city council. Mm-hmm. We don't do that with the school board because they meet on Tuesday nights, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which means they would come in on Wednesday. They would actually come in a week late, okay, because my deadline for the podcast is noon on Tuesday. Ah, gotcha. Okay. So. They meet after the deadline. Mm-hmm. If so they were to come in the, the next day, mm-hmm. it wouldn't make the podcast until a week, week later. Okay, okay. And then everybody sense. already knows what's going on. Yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. That's um, a good point. I noticed Courtney's been doing her videos, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, and we've been sharing those videos on on Facebook and okay. and social media. So uh, yeah. So again, because um, not all families have the flexibility, right? That um, some of us are blessed to have in terms of work, et cetera. Um, quick and easy ways for them to be able to still be involved and know what's happening. So I would encourage that. The school board has a vital role in our students' educational experience. So Mm -hmm. we should tune in the best way we can. I think we've done it. All right. I think we have uh, successfully (laughs) solved every problem. Yes, absolutely. So, Dr. Jandell Crutchfield. All right. I appreciate your time. Thanks for being on About Mansfield. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me and for talking about education. I love it. Hey, folks, just a reminder, don't forget, we are taking next week off. So coming up in two weeks on About Mansfield, we're back in studio with yet another fine Mansfield resident. And you'll just have to tune in to find out who it is. As always, this is the place where you'll hear the latest Mansfield news, sports, and conversation. Until then, don't forget to like, follow, subscribe, share, love, or support this podcast if you haven't already so you never miss an episode. It's free and it's easy. Head on over to our website, aboutmansfield.com. Enter your email address right there on the homepage. We will never send you any spam. We promise. About Mansfield is recorded at Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio. Hosts, Steve Casillo and Colleen Daniel. Moment with the Mayor feature, Michael Evans. Methodist Mansfield News to Know, Angel Biasati. Mansfield Real Estate Market Update, Beth Steinke. Cocktail of the Week, Brian Certain. Post-production editing, mixing, and mastering, Steve Casillo. This podcast is copyrighted by Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio for the private use of our audience. Any other use of this podcast without written consent is prohibited. We thank you all for listening. On behalf of the entire news team, I'm Steve Casillo, and this... is about Mansfield. Mansfield.